0: This is The House Call.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome to The House Call Fight Pit. My name is Joseph, and I'm here with Marcus, Corey, and NAT. Break down a great episode for you guys. We got some good things we're going to discuss today. But before we get into that, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Liquid IV, best hydration supplement on the market today. Make sure you get it. It's really good. Trust me, it's good. Seriously, Seriously. but anyways, guys, let's get into it. Flashback Friday. We're discussing the greatest rivalries in UFC history. I think we got some good ones today, guys. If you remember, some people are gonna know that some of the ones we're discussing are really bad blood and much, much more. So first, I gotta go ahead and ask you, Corey, who is your rival?
2: Well, Mr. Joseph Bernstein, I'm glad you asked that i have to go with the two men responsible for the highest roasting pay-per-view of all time in the ufc conor mcgregor and habib Nurmagomedov. now Great. the reason i picked this one is because we see through the years a steady decline as you know guys are okay with each other and like each other to people that fucking hate each other's guts now Starting off, man, we got to go back to the very beginning. In UFC 178, you know, we saw these two take a picture together. You know, Conor McGregor had his arm over Habib. Habib had his arm over Conor. They loved each other. They were in love. <laughs> we're both. We're, <laughs> friends. we're boys. Forever. But Conor ended up going, obviously, up to 155, which Habib didn't take kindly. You know, he warned Conor not to come up because he'd smash him if he did. Habib got pissed off. Conor took his spot at UFC 205 against Eddie Alvarez for the lightweight championship. Conor was going for that double champ status. I would say that he got so pissed off, they actually had an altercation at that event. You know, they had to be separated. After Habib won his, ma- won his match against uh, Michael Johnson, he called Conor out, calling him a chicken shit.
0: UFC PR machine, your guy, beginning of the year, he tapped like chicken. End of the year, he fight for the title, crazy. Hey, the, 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 you know, guys, this is true. This is not trash talking. Hey, guys, Irish only six million, Russian one hundred fifty million. Hey, one question. You one of the biggest analyst guy. You know MMA. every You twenty years with MMA. What do you think about? I deserve that shot or no? Please tell these guys. I think you definitely deserve. Let's go. Show. Let's go with your chicken.
2: Chicken. Shit. Chicken. Shit. <laughs> chicken. Shit. <laughs>
0: But, once yeah, he ended up
2: calling <laughs> he called out Conor. Conor ended up, you know, winning his fight, obviously, against Eddie Alvarez, becoming double champion. Uh, after the fight, Connor was like, will you fight Habib? He said, why the fuck am I going to fight this guy? He's not <laughs> active. He barely fights. He fights once in eight years. He needs to be active like me. That's the only way I'll fight him. After Conor, you know, wins the title, beats Eddie Alvarez, he goes and fights money, me, with him. Now... Obviously, Connor loses that fight. While Conor is out, Habib comes, wins the title against Ally Quinta. UFC 223, we had the altercation with Connor and Habib. If you guys remember the Barclays Center in New York City. Artem Lobok, which is Connor's, you know, ex-best friend slash teammate. He was talking oh. shit, calling Habib a puss-puss, little puss and boots boy. Puss in boots. <laughs> Nah, no, he was talking, he was talking mad shit about Habib. Habib confronted him, you know, with a you know, shitload of his teammates, smacked the shit out of Artem, made him look like a little bitch. Once Connor found that out, took his ass from Ireland to New York City, smashed the fucking bus that Habib, the window that Habib was in at the Barclays Center in the parking garage with 20 plus of his teammates. Connor obviously, you know, he ended up turning himself in 50000 dollars for bail. Have to do you know anger management classes community service all this different shit. finally though UFC 229 the two met this this fight week was it was
1: wonderful. a lot of animosity man wonderful No, nah, it was wonderful. awesome it was great it man was it was, it was...
2: <laughs> great. But no, it was, it was it was awesome, man. It was so intense, so much bad blood between these fighters. Conor was saying so many like disrespectful things to Habibs, uh, you know, his about his father, about his, his, his religion, like his wife, a lot of different shit, you know, and, you know, he, he even went as far as showing up drunk to the press conference, talking shit, saying that he's shaitan in the bus, all this different shit. It was pretty hilarious, but at the same time, it was pretty dark, but... We all know how the fight ended up. You know, Habib ended up winning Rear Naked Choke. Uh, but that's not even where the real action started. That the real fucking action started when Habib threw his mouthpiece screaming at Dylan Danis, climbed his little fucking ass on top of the rope or the top of the fucking cage, hopped on Eagle style on that motherfucker Dylan Danis.
1: Dude, he flew <laughs> off of that cage. <laughs> you
2: ever seen Nacho Libre when he fucking jumps off the <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what I thought of when I saw him. I was like, oh, shit. Bird. Like, on, I've no. never we had, to think, <laughs> we had to think about this. We've never seen anything like that in the UFC. Like, like fucking, somebody hopping off the fence, fucking throwing slugs at somebody down there. Dylan Dennis, you know, we know at the time he was Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach, yeah. you know. We had also Habib's, you know, his team jumping in the cage. Some, like, took some shots at Conor when he was in looking. Conor got a nice shot in himself, i got to say. But this rivalry just encapsulates just hatred between two human beings and I just—it's just crazy because the hate is still going on, you know, till this day, till this day, day. till this day, till this day, still going on, man. Like you have Connor over here calling Habiba a pussy and, and a quitter for making days, fun so of like, his
1: religion, man. Yeah, like mean, his father
2: after he passed away. Remember, like, remember, uh, yeah, it, that's definitely that's a, a bitter rival. Yeah, that that definitely was. definitely a
0: touchy I, Even like
2: I said, till this day, man, they're going back and forth. He's trying to coax you know right when he retired Habib retired connor was trying to coax him out of retirement to come fight him for a second time yeah. but like i said man this this rivalry just had everything it had hate it had you know just that animosity you know the animal instinct and both of these guys just wanted to fucking rip each other's heads off and yeah just made for a great pay-per-view it made it for a great rivalry and that's why it's my favorite
1: i got you man i mean dude even on that note uh when you mentioned when uh, Conor showed up to the Barclays Center and he smashed the bus. Do you guys know a fun fact that uh, Hamzat Chamayef was with Conor McGregor on his side? Was he really? Yikes. Yeah, go look it up, yikes I look it. It up.
2: He must no be the idea. Che- He No idea. diligence. That, yeah, he mentioned that yeah, he was that, there. He, he mentioned that he asked like some Chechenian people about Habib and you know, just how he is. This is
1: before Hamzat was like even like, nobody even knew who he was way before he got into UFC. Yeah. But he was still training with people. Um, that's awesome. Dude, that's a great rivalry. One of my all time favorites, obviously. I mean, I remember when that fight got announced, I was just like, I think it got announced in like July, and it was like a fight in like early October and uh, 2018. And I just remember, man, like I was so excited, but I was also a little worried because, like you mentioned, Corey, after that Floyd Mayweather fight, Connor came back and it, it didn't seem like he was really the same when he got in that Octagon with like oh, But great sense. rivalry. I definitely would have picked that one myself, you know, but. I'm going to go uh, with Marcus, man. Let's see what your rivalry is. What, what do you yes, got in yes. store for everybody watching?
3: Yes, my rivalry today is Chuck, the Iceman Liddell, and Tito, the Huntington Beach bad boy. Ray Ortiz, everybody. Yes, Chuck Liddell, the first ever UFC cover art for the game. I don't know if you guys remember that, but also this fight was great. You know, one of those random days as a kid watching Spike, when you will see like the random shows on there, like Mancers and all that. You will see that UFC had their own little uh, tough uh, Ultimate Fighters Championship and all that. So on the on that note, one of the greatest fights you'll ever see, even on like a regular television program, Tito Ortiz and Chuck Adele. And then they went to the ufc chuck Dell they had two fights the first one chuck ladell won 38 seconds in the, in the second round with a knockout and then the second one was also a third round knockout with three minutes and 59 seconds left
1: great robbery i loved it yeah. did you did you ever watch the third one man the third fight you remember you guys remember when oscar de la Hoya put together that little promotion it was here in Los Angeles at the uh, the forum, and uh, Nathan, you and I are going there next week. AEW. That's yes, where right, right. the fight was, and Oscar De La Hoya was the one that like put this promotion together, and he got so much heat from it. Even Dana White was like, "You're letting these dudes fight, like especially Chuck. Like Chuck's a lot older than Tito. I, f- I feel like, right? He's a lot older than Tito. at least he looks like it. Yeah. All, yeah. All, all due respect, but it didn't look like Chuck should have been in there in the first place. And like Tito got his redemption finally, but. Chuck was past his prime, man, and, and, you know, I just feel like even Tito now is still fighting. But speaking of Tito Ortiz, he's had some rivalries with some other guys. So, Nathan, um who is your rivalry? Yeah, and by chance, yeah. did he have a rivalry with Tito Ortiz?
0: So this is a person who lost to Tito Ortiz. He fought him twice. If you okay. guys know the American gangster Jail Sonnen with oh. Wanderlei Silva. This is, has to be one of my favorite, I want to say one of my favorite rivalries just because of what I used to be a big Ultimate Fighter fan. So I want to say Ultimate Fighter 3 was my favorite Ultimate Fighter due to the fact yeah. that Chel Sonnen and Wanderlei Silva just hated each other. The animosity between those two. And the reason that the, that, that all happened was because Chel Sonnen was basically talking crap about Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva, as you know, he's from Brazil. Um, He was talking crap about basically Till and being the villain that he is. He's nitpicking, he's saying, oh yeah, stuff about Anderson Silva's family and Anderson and all the people in Brazil. And Wanderlei Silva wasn't having that.
3: The fight against Anderson Silva, did you see it? Yeah. It didn't go so well for me.
1: Say sorry. I'm not going to say sorry.
0: And when they did go to the ultimate fighter, it's crazy because Chell Sonnen said it in an interview that he had to have armed security with him throughout the whole time because the people of Brazil just didn't like him. He yeah. was outnumbered and can you really blame him? I mean, Chelsea Sonnen <laughs> was a villain. <laughs> he was a villain. He's a douchebag, a, a funny douchebag. Yeah. And being a dick. So, I I understand where they're coming from. So, you guys remember that uh, they used to have like a green room when they uh, talk to fighters basically after like basically saying, oh yeah, my fighter is going to fight this person, this is their performance. So, they basically got Chelsea Sonnen in one of those green rooms and he was talking.
3: I know Vandalay Silva, this guy has to be in front of a camera.
0: And he was basically taking shots at Wanderley Silva during that whole series. But Wanderlei Silva wasn't really faked by any of it until the producers really started telling him, like, hey, man, this is going to air on TV, and this is what he's saying about you. So Wanderlei Silva wasn't having it. And if you guys have seen the clip, which I'm pretty sure you have, it's viral on TikTok. It's viral on a lot of platforms, actually. You just see Joe. <laughs> Joey knows. You, you see yeah. I can't let you get close. Can you hear my, my but you, get, you close. To get into discussion. just end up having a, a brawl which in which happened in front of the ultimate fighter and all the fighters appearing it was it was a pretty crazy show so they were supposed to originally have the fight at the ultimate fighter at the finale but they didn't get to do that at uh, 173, UFC 173. So then they tried to move it to UFC 175, which unfortunately didn't happen because of the scuffle that they had got into uh, with each other. Wanderlei's hand wasn't on 100%. So that's what really sucked about that. But things just take a turn for the worse because both fighters, unfortunately, couldn't fight in the UFC due to, believe it or not, some drug tests. Unfortunately, a uh, failed drug test forced Kell Sonnen to retire shortly shortly after that and then Silva refused pop-up drug test basically and he just didn't want to take it. So he got released but wait, a couple years later, Bellator won. But wait, there's more? I know it's not UFC <laughs> I, I know it's not UFC but these men had that animosity to fight and they took it to Bellator and let me just tell you I understand these guys are old, but it was a really, really heated <laughs> whole like a whole heated discussion with him and just the rivalry they were having. They needed to have this fight just to hash it out. And boy did they hash it out. Because in round one, Chel Sunning was dominating. I'm not gonna lie to you, Chelsea got him with a double leg takedown, put him on put him on the cage, he's starting to drive. You know Chelsea, he'll ground Remember and them? pound you, and yeah. he's a good wrestler. Don't underestimate Chel Sonnen. But then again, think about Wanderlei Silva. He's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So he's not the easiest guy to take down. And that's that's one thing that Kelsey. But also Brazilian jiu-jitsu you guys, honestly, they
1: love to be on their back. So, wrestlers. So the
0: first round was going on, and you just see Wanderlei Silva at a minute 48 seconds, I believe. You see Wanderlei Silva caught um Chelsea with a right hook and just drops Chel Sonnen. Tito Ortiz, your boy Marcus, is in the crowd. Just screaming, just screaming, you're a pussy. I, I, I don't know I'm <laughs> We watched that fight and watched that, but that was great. Um, yeah, but they, they got into it uh, around the second round. As you know, Chael Sonnen is just dominant on the ground. He mounted the guy, started trying to ground and pound, couldn't get the ground and pound, went for a couple a of couple, uh, rear naked chokes, a couple submissions, and just Wanderlei Sobo was just gassed from defending all this stuff. I remember the second round, uh, Chael Sonnen ended up throwing a super high knee at the beginning of the round, and then the second he got hit with a big shot, it's taking him straight to the ground. Yeah. And the reason why this rivalry really sticks out to me is just because the animosity these two had. To this day, I don't even think they like each other. But, <laughs> like, it's just... and the reason I, 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 Yeah, I don't
1: think they like each other. They'll never like each
0: other. Chael Sonnen won, just knocking him down to the ground. You know Wanderlei Silva wanted that knockout. But was it gonna happen? Not on Chael Sonnen's watch. And if and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> because right. when he did, it worked. And you know what he did? Get close. <laughs> yeah, Get close. So, so that's my that's one of my favorite rivalries. And speaking about all that, Joey, you've been asking all the questions. What's your favorite rivalry out of the whole UFC so far?
1: Well, I mean, you're speaking to Chael Sonnen. He's not my robbery, but he did fight a gentleman that I would consider. I think many would consider the greatest of all time, but I'm going to go with John Jones versus Daniel Cormier. I believe it is not only the coldest, but the realest exchange in UFC history. Um, This rivalry between Jones and Cormier was not only one of the biggest, but one of the most anticipated in UFC history. They both first shared the octagon back in 2015. And when you look at who was at the top of like that division, it was just Jones and DC, right? Jones was defending his title for the eighth time. He won the belt at 23 years of age, and it was Cormier's first time, his first crack at the belt, right? So the build-up to the fight was was extremely dramatic. I mean, dude, Jones was making death threats if you guys remember to Cormier. Yeah. And Cormier even promised, like, "You say one more thing, like, I'm gonna spit in your face." So. You know, they had a face-off where the pair started um, at, I believe it was uh, the MGM Grand, you know, back then they used to have um, the weigh-ins and then face-offs like that, sometimes over at like different arenas around Vegas. So this was at the MGM Grand uh, Hotel and Casino in Vegas, but there was a scuffle then, it got physical, Joan threw an overhand. I mean, it looked like these guys wanted to get at each other's throats. When the time finally came, Cory and I watched this fight together. It was, uh we were at the Tilted Kilt, you remember that Corey?
2: Yeah, hell yeah. I can't do to kill.
1: We, we were at the like, Tilted Kilt. You were riding Jones' bones. Dude, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just <laughs> knew he was gonna win. He threw up the little I DX chop it. at the end, bro, the little DX chop. And at the end, <laughs> we all know, man, that there was a clear winner. Bones putting on a dominant display to really across not only just one, but five rounds. And he persuaded the judges to award him the victory, clearly, right? But if you fast forward two years later, in July, 2017, the rematch in Anaheim, California. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, we know what happened then, right? But this time, the roles were reversed because Cormier was now the one holding the light heavyweight championship belt. And it was just so much more animosity, more intense than, than what the first fight was. Because what happened was, before the second fight, they both sat down and did like a face-to-face interview. And this went viral, speaking of viral things. They both agreed to sit down and speak to one another. And Daniel Cormier said, I'll be trying to rip your head off every second of that fight. Because he's like, I've said it so many times, you don't deserve this, you don't deserve it, I'll die to beat you, know that, John.
0: Like to sit there on your high horse, but I'm telling you right now, this is my life, and I'm willing to die to beat you. Because as I've said many times, you don't deserve this. I will die to beat you on April 23rd.
1: And John Jones, with the coldest, realest response, just looked at him and said, "I hope you do that.
2: Be prepared to do that.
1: I pray you do. Like be prepared. So now we all know, John Jones is the goat." And goats tend to do goat things. So when the second fight came around, Jones ended up on top once again, baby. Landing a and- brutal head kick. Bro, slept him in the third round, shin to shin to the dome. Slept him clean out. And obviously DC went viral that night himself. He became a crying meme. I don't think it was right that Joe Rogan interviewed him. No. But I mean, at the same time, like Daniel Cormier and John Jones, even after that fight. They were praised. Uh, John Jones praised him and was like, "You know, I think he's a tremendous athlete, a tremendous person." Yeah. But at the same time, man, rivalries—when you look at rivalries and what's so great about it—it's created upon personalities. But to cl- to to have a clash of personalities between the two of the greatest light heavyweights of all time, let alone them fighting in like the same era, yeah. I think that's pretty special, right? And some rivalries—they're built on greatness, like GSP Matthews. Some are built on hatred like Ken Shamrock and Tito Ortiz, right? But when you combine respect with the repeated aggression, the immense volume of trash talk and the competitiveness, Jones and DC in their last two classic fights, I mean, it, it is clear to see why the rivalry between these two light heavyweights is incomparable and undoubtedly only Jones and Cormier capture all elements to make it the greatest rivalry of all time. I'm, they we have I'm, everything, I'm, man.
2: I have a quick question for you. weren't they supposed to fight again? And some for some reason they didn't. I, I, I don't really remember. Why, why yeah, did bro? Jones got
1: popped. It's no secret. Oh, EBO, for a picogram, bro, do your due diligence. I know there's gonna be people in the comment section. <laughs> P.E.D. Him, Coke bro. Jones. Hey, what did he tell D.C. at the oh, press conference? God. So he said, "I beat you after a weekend of Coke. Okay, okay. It was great. It was great." dude that's just imagine how dc felt though man yeah i mean dc is one of the hardest working like ufc champions athletes of all time the guy was just had so much heart he he was he's an olympic champion i mean bro two two division ufc champion he's now retired but he just couldn't beat jones man Even on Jones' worst day, still just couldn't beat him, bro.
2: It made me sad to see, honestly, like seeing him like crying, you know, over not being able to fight him for that other time, you know, he's just a passionate, like... like, I just
0: don't think, I I just don't think it was right (laughs) of them to interview him when he was like that. I just, trust me, I I like DC, man. I, I really do. I think he's a great fighter. He's a, I respect the shit out of that guy, Wait, they just made, uh, made him a crybaby meme, bro. Come on, man! How you gonna do that to him? He's a champ, in my opinion. He's he's one of the best fighters in the heavyweight division. John, John aside from John Jones, oh, I, I didn't say. It. Hold on. I, aside from John Jones, but John Jones has a big competition ahead of him. He got Francis and GANU coming up, so we'll, we'll see. Oblique
1: kicks. Oblique kicks. That's Sorry. all I gotta say. Oblique kicks. Go look what happened to Look what happened to Tiago Santos. He's gonna knock out John Jones. He, Jones has never fought any but like I get it. Francis Ngannou, he's a UFC champ. He's done some improving in the second CPA fight. He showed that he can sprawl. He showed against Gerald Gunn he can wrestle. But bro, can you wrestle with John Jones? Can you handle that ground and pound? How are your ACLs gonna feel after round three? I thought yeah, I mean John that's my. That's just, you know, that's just my take. Yeah, he it's going to be so interesting, man. A, yeah, I, hope, I hope it happens.
2: I, I just feel like he hasn't been very active. It's been like over like a thousand days since he's last uh, been. In the, three uh, years.
1: Coming yeah, up on three years. About over, yeah, about over. Three, three years and two hundred and fifty five pounds later. Solid muscle. So we'll see. I mean we'll, we'll
3: see how he comes back.
2: Let's see if he's uh looks the same. Let's see if he has the same like reaction timing and everything. I know I'm, I know it could affect it when you're off for so long. You know, Francis is yeah. active as, as he has, but
1: Hey it's man, a lot of the greats. only have, time will tell. A lot of the greats have come back off of like three year layoffs. Look at GSP man, came back, went up a weight division. Michael Bisping that's you know, eighty five. Michael Bisping was at his prime when he fought yeah. him, but GSP just wrestled, man, and that's something that, you know, GSP is one of the greatest of all time, but he's not the greatest of all time. Yeah. Michael Jordan of MMA. You, you also
0: Nganu. gotta you also gotta take into account you gotta also take into account that Nganu, everybody thought he was just like a striker, a powerhouse, and just knocking people out left and right. But when he fought against Cyril Ghan and really got challenged because Cyril Gon is an all-around fighter, he could no. He can box, he can kick, he could take you down. And that guy just mauls people, bro. And look what happened. He got dominated by Ngannou. Nobody thought Ngannou was going to go for takedowns. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure having a well-designed game plan into going into that fight would pretty much guarantee him a victory. I'm not going to say, you know what? I'm not going to say guarantee him a victory because John Jones is a hell of a fighter, man. He can take you on the ground
1: as well. But It's like doubting Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That's literally John, that's the comparison to John Jones. Too drill, too and this is, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Jones is going to run through Ngannou, it's going to be his biggest test yet. I do feel like there are holes in Ngannou's game that Jones should definitely capitalize on, but it should be a very, very interesting 2023. I think we all had some great rivalries that we discussed. Chuck Liddell, T O Ortiz, I mean, Connor and Khabib, that, that's honestly one of my favorite rivalries of all time. And let's not forget Vanderly Silva versus Chell Sonnen, right? The American Gangster. I mean, all these rivalries with Jones and DC included, I think they all just include not only bad blood, but it was so real. And these guys actually did not like each other. And they went in there and they tried to take care of business. And some guys came out on top. Some guys didn't. You know, that's just what happens in this game. You win some, you lose some. Unless you could beat. <laughs> but, you know, or Hamzat for right now. But I think we got a lot covered. I'm really excited. I think that anybody watching this should go get liquid IV <laughs> because it's the best <laughs> hydration. But make sure you guys uh, follow us on all podcasts, or I'm sorry, all platforms as well. If you're not able to watch the videos, just go ahead and listen to them on Spotify. Um, but this is Joseph signing off for the house fall Hit,
0: Fight it. <laughs> And if you guys and if you guys uh, like these videos of, of Flashback Fridays, be sure to put it down in the comments. That way, if you guys want to see some more, we can definitely price more content for you guys. And so while this you're doing that,
2: and while you're doing that, go check out some merch. We got some new Fight Pit merch. Go get a sweater. Go get a beanie. Go, go get it.
3: Sweater, go get, a go get it. Yes, sir. You got go the holiday and cash. The we'll <laughs> Go ahead, follow the Twitch stream. twitch.tv.com slash the House Call.
2: Let's get it. We so all don't the play on Get
1: some money, and get some fight, fight merch. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right, signing off,
1: guys. Peace later. See you next time, boys.
2: One of the guys I really liked is Tommy Canley. The Tommy Canley signing by the Yankees. I know you're stoked about it too. uh Yankees had him in 2019, I believe, and he was.